This is CliffCentral.com. Hey, that song again from our producer, Duncan. Useless song. Apologies about that. We start the show every week with a rubbish song. Hospital Pass. Hospital Pass. Thank you, Duncan. Thank you to Gareth Cliff and the gang back again tomorrow. Hey, welcome to Salmon Nanonke. It is the concert show uh, Wednesday, uh, 9 until 10. Speak now. My mic is off. <laughs> That's what Duncan just we're said. Quiet and he, yeah, you see, we're keeping you, you quiet here. All right. So today we are talking about um, something that happened over the weekend. Dual citizenship became a big, big word in the South African context all over Twitter. Obed. How do you pronounce it? Is that right? Obed. 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 Please. No, but I feel bad. When, like, is that? Obed. Obed. It's, it's a black Obed. name. This it's is black like name. this is an authentic <laughs> black name. You can't All find right. it anywhere. It's okay. Obed. 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 <laughs> so so Obed is uh, going to be uh, we're going to be chatting to Obed about um, his comments around dual citizenship. It really talks to this idea of being South African. What it means to be South African. Yeah. It, it's so. I must be honest. So this mm, topic yes, for me honest. smacks of elitist. Like, who cares? Which black person walking in the street cares about dual citizenship? I mean, this this only affects 0.1% of South Africans. Okay, what is the story here? Let's talk about it. So, basically, Obet. So, Obet Obet Papela. Obet Papela. I can say his surname. Obet Papela. Obet Papela. And he is the head of the ANC's National Executive Committee on International Relations. Said that he is re-looking at dual citizenship. And whether or not it actually should exist. And the reason he cited was because of Jewish people going to fight to fight for against Israel. the Palestinians. Yeah. yeah. Now, before you say anything, and we've got Tebe Kalafeng who's dying to say something already. We have to, now we have to keep his mic off because we want Obed <laughs> to speak. Before we say anything, let's hear, let's understand what he actually meant. Yeah. And then we can discuss. Yeah. How does that sound? Yeah. Obed Bapela, thank you so much for joining us here in Cape Town today. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Very, very good. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Uh, we're speaking to Obed Papela. He's the head of the ANC National Executive Committee on International Relations. Uh, we saw your comments, Obed, in, um, in the Sunday Times. Let's understand them. Let's unpack them. What do you mean by re-looking at the dual citizenship in this country? What do you mean by that? Well, thank you very much. And uh, we, we are for the National General Council of the AUC, where about 4,000 branch delegates will be attending to look at the mid-term report. And among the issues, we had identified some policy gaps within our own uh, systems of government. And one of the policy gaps, amongst others, was the issue of the dual citizenship. Uh, as to whether the instrument uh, as designed by the world body, the United Nations, is still relevant in the circumstances in today's world or not. However, what prompted us to look at it more was the abuse that is taking place, where people with dual citizenships will then have a divided loyalty to start with between the country that they stay in and another country who their original or they migrated from to come to South Africa. And uh, and then we then had then say, what are the abuses? And one of the issues is that their, their loyalty being divided. You find them joining armies of another country uh, where they are conscripted into the army. And the phenomena is growing. And we see more and more of these uh, young people uh, of a particular origin and going into that country to join the army. And I think uh, that was the issue that prompted us. And we uh, we then established a task team to look at the matter and report at the October National General Council. But I can see uh, where I am now is that Belgium does not allow for dual citizenship on its uh, uh, territory. You are either as, 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 uh, becoming a Belgian if you are, so wish to, but then you must then renounce your other country's uh, citizenship if you want to be Belgian citizens. Namibia here in South Africa, just next to us, also has uh, abolished the dual citizenship system. And I know people will say in the globalized world, why would we still do that? But the more issue, the, the issues of security are arising. 
and the issue of the abuse is also a concern. <coughs> Dr. Babela, um, you speak about uh, the numbers are growing of those that are taking up arms on behalf of other countries. Uh, do you have a number for us? So what exactly are those numbers? And, and why is this, uh, becoming a central or, or one of the main issues at the, at the NGC? I imagine you've got a lot of things that you need to discuss there. Uh, why has this taken center stage, uh, when there are so many other things that the ANC is confronted with? Well, the definitely is one of the many issues that we will be discussing there. And uh, at the time of discussion, we didn't know that it will make such big uh, headlines. (laughs) It will be the moment of the week. We thought that we're just innocently looking at the system and then then looking at the options that are available. It's still a discussion. There's no decision as yet. But this abuse was also a concern because I think the whole world is now worried about security uh, with the rise of terrorism. But also, you have citizens in arms in another country, and you, 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 let's take just, just a practical example, two, two of them, because each time I use one, I get accused of being anti-Jewish, and yet I'm not. Uh, the, the issue of Israel is, uh, the Jewish people who are going to Israel, certainly the, still with the citizenship of South Africa, acquires their homeland citizenship, or they've had it all along. When they arrive there, they get conscripted into the army, and they say it's a law within the Israel, Israeli situation. And then they go uh, and, and then fight the Palestinians, uh, and, 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 and they are on the search point, harassing the Palestinians, oppressing the Palestinians using the army. Whilst the right of, of Israel to defend itself against any attack, we are, we are not denying that. However... The issue of the Palestinian with the ANC support all along with this says that our freedom cannot be free for so long as the Palestinian people are not free. Now it's a contradiction in itself. Obed, can I just can I just interrupt you there for for a second? Because um and to to sound a little bit controversial here, I actually agree with you with regards to people fighting for for other countries' military. But we've got law against that. It's already illegal as a South African to fight for a foreign army or to be in place of military conflict helping one side. Why are we not just putting those people in jail? Not one person that you're speaking about right now who's gone and fought for Israel – uh, or the Israeli army has ever been put in jail as a South African citizen. Why are we not just implementing this law, and why are we worrying about this dual citizenship thing? Well, it's because the person will argue in terms of the law that uh, I did it as a citizen of another country, and I was not doing it on behalf of South Africa. I've got the citizenship uh, of that particular ex-country. It's unlike in the missionary situation where the, you go and join the missionaries. And then you then they engage in illegal warfare. And obviously the law is very firm and very strong. And those, whoever does that, they know that the, the law will be powerful. And then that is why they renounce our citizenship and assume another citizenship somewhere. And then they fight in those particular laws, knowing that they are no longer South African. Because if they are found to be a South African involved in the missionary activities, definitely the laws will catch up with them. So now that's how the matter is. But the dual citizenship one is a, is, a, is a bit tricky because then if a person says, sorry, I'm a, I'm a Israeli, I'm a British, there's nothing that you can do in terms of my lord there uh, and uh, what you do in that particular second. And I think that is the issue uh, of, 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 of the challenge and the, and the assessment that we want to do. Either we abolish the system like Namibia and Belgium did, or we then look at how to curtail the abuses. Probably if we are to give you a citizenship, we might then say that you have been restricted on the following, and we put in restrictions. You can and uh, be a soldier on either side. Cannot be a soldier in South Africa, cannot be a soldier in another country that you have citizenship with. Why can't we then bring in those particular keeping and then improve the law and strengthen the law in that area? So that even if they go... To, to, to settle or that decide to be learned. And they know that I, they cannot join that army or otherwise they renounce their citizenship of South Africa. And I think there should be mechanisms. And uh, and therefore, 
the heat uh, as is as is i couldn't understand why it was so heated uh, uh, because it's still a discussion and we'll look at all options that you, you you mentioned that this is still a discussion document <clears throat> take us into uh, the deliberations in the ANC at the moment. And I, I'm just thinking about a lot of your comrades and, and some of the older ones who were in exile and uh, by virtue of that might have acquired citizenship in, in other countries who now sit with dual citizenship themselves. Uh, what, what what are the... Because what you have presented is a discussion document and it's going to be debated. What are the, the, the different sides of this argument uh, that, that are emerging? Well, look, uh, currently there's been no opposition to a discussion and it's in the spirit of the African National Congress to allow a debate and a discussion. And then whoever has views or come across and engage on those views. And, uh, and already, just in, in South African uh, situation, without uh, just mentioning the ANC members, there are those who say economically it might have a serious impact uh, on some of the people who might have assumed citizenship, and they are not involved in the wars or armies of those particular nations. And there are majority of them, and they are already saying, why then uh, target everybody and paint everybody with the same brush? And I think that is a view that is amazing. We are listening to that particular view. We'll look at the economic uh, impact. We'll look at the security impact. We'll look at the social impact. And, uh, and 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 then, and then then begin to then say why do we tweak the law, uh, tinker the law so that then this issue of the fear that has been expressed can be adequately addressed and uh, in a particular way without abolishing probably the the, the instrument uh, of dual citizenship probably coming in with the mechanisms that cap or restrict you from participating in certain activities once you assume the citizenship. Of whatever country that you want to belong to. Ntatpapela, uh, as we wrap up with you, um, so we have seen how the visa changes have played out um, in South Africa and the impact that that has had or apparently had on tourism. Um, yes. And and this again seems to be something else that would that would affect um, at least our relationship with with certain countries and and people who align themselves with with, with certain countries. How are you how are you seeing this playing itself out? Because uh, we we are hearing really concerning statistics about how tourism and so on has been impacted. Uh, are you thinking about the impact of this? Have you done a feasibility study on on what you've proposed, and uh, have you come to certain conclusions about how our economy and 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 our international relations and so on will be affected? Well, definitely, we, we the, the task team has been established to, uh, as a result from July when the discussion took place in the ANC and was endorsed for discussions to go ahead at the NGC. So that task team will be reporting in the beginning of October on their own findings. We are engaging on the dual citizenship law itself. What does it say? Uh, which was adopted by Parliament. It's just a wide open uh, type of legislation that says anyone who wants citizenship, uh, for so long as you're over five years in South Africa, uh, it's available for you. You can take it up. But we're also looking at countries such as Belgium. Uh, it doesn't have an impact economically on Belgium, but obviously probably they took that decision a long time ago. And in Namibia was recently, uh, with Namibia, they were, they were arguing with the minister, Nkosazanatlamini, at the time when Nkosazanatlamini Zumawan, she was the minister of foreign affairs in South Africa, to say, why are you giving Namibians a second citizenship? What if a war breaks between South Africa and, and Namibia, where well, it's likely not to happen, obviously. However, they were just giving the extreme example. And uh, and then and where is the loyalty of those people going to be? And I think those are the factors that will look, the economic factor definitely will look. The recent, as you say, uh, visa issue in South Africa, the impact it has had, we'll look at that. We might end up not even uh, discarding the instrument of dual citizenship but we might then look at where we need to close the gaps within the law and within the policy. And we may emerge with that. But for now, let's allow a discussion. Let's look at models uh, elsewhere in the world, what works and what doesn't work. And look at our own situation, what will work and what will not work. 
and we are not blind to realities as the African National Congress. Obed, thank you so much for joining us today uh, on cliffcentral.com. That's Obed Bapella. He's the head of the ANC National Executive Committee on International Relations. He's also the guy that is looking into banning of the dual citizenship at the next ANC, NEC Lechotla. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. All right, Rory. Okay. You've, you've, you've wanted to say something for a long time. Let's have it. Hey, Let's so, have it. So number one, it's a discussion document. And and people need to stop freaking out every time somebody says, let's put something up for discussion. <laughs> we need discussion. Number two, this affects, you know, very... So I'm getting what, what he's saying, mm. right? So people are going, carrying the South African flag with them and taking the South African flag into into battles that we wouldn't want to fight as South Africa, mm-hmm. right? And, and and we need to... That's That's a concern. So I get that. Thirdly, why do you have dual citizenship? For whose benefit? Is this so? So, if South Africa, for example, so you've got these two two citizenships. If the situation in South Africa, so I'm thinking about the Greeks, right? Maybe three, <laughs> four, bring up the Greeks, three, yeah. four, five years ago, ten years ago, they would say, ah, you know, I've got these two citizenships. If this thing goes balls up, I'm keeping my my Greek citizenship. It would be interesting to find out from a Greek person right now. How do you feel about that green passport right now? How, how, how do you feel? So for me, it's a very selfish thing. As an African. Okay, I'm claiming the African thing, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so there, we speak. Go, there we go. Okay. <laughs> but but for me, whether it's as an African or whatever, I just I, I believe in solidarity. I believe in you in you standing for something, right? And I've heard your arguments about loyal to what. But but at the end of the day I believe that we have fought as South Africans for this right to be called South Africans. Mm. And you're either with us or you're or or you're not with us. Not against us, but you you you're you're not with us. So for me, it's important for us to understand where do your loyalties lie? You know, are you here just to get the good times and the benefits and then you leave so you don't identify with us? Then why must we, you know, those who suffered with us in the trenches need to be the ones we celebrate with uh, when, we're, when we're enjoying the fruits. But you don't want to be part of, of the hard times. You just want to be part of the good what times. What about the guy that, that comes from the Congo, Malawi, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, uh, born there, has that passport, comes to South Africa for a better life? Finds the better life, stays here, enjoys it, becomes a citizen legally, and um, because after certain amounts of years you can apply for uh, working visa, citizenship, and, and then eventually a passport. And now the government is saying you decide. No, but you decide. Uh, but do, does that guy, the guy that you just, does he have dual citizenship or has he renounced his? his, his no, he's got lease? dual citizenship. How many of those exist? I, I, I really think that this is least, a white. This is a white middle class, upper white middle class problem. I don't you think. You want it to be. But, I think, no, I don't want it to like, be. I'm thinking that it probably is. I, I just don't know of a lot of Africans with dual citizenship. And maybe Tebe will, will, will enlighten me. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but I just, I just don't know. The man know. with all the statistics. All right. Let's bring him in here. He's been dying to speak. <laughs> he, he's the, he's the, what I would call the South African seal. Doesn't he look like a good-looking version of Seal? You're doing that white thing again. Uh, You're doing that. <laughs> they all look the same. They all look the same. All right. Tebe, hello. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Andrew. Tebe Ikalafeng is a brand expert. He has worked with uh, brands like uh, Nike. He brought Nike to Africa. This is the guy that brought the swoosh to Africa, basically. More, more importantly, he is a brand special for countries. Look, I hear you saying, you know, I manage a particular product in Coca-Cola. I hear you saying you manage Coca-Cola. But But Swaziland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You get me, right? You, you get me. Tebe, let's talk about this this dual citizenship thing and I think really where I, where I want to take this conversation and where we we've been speaking about Rory is this idea of what it's like to be South African. Is there a South African amongst us? Is there a feeling of it? Um do you have any idea about how many African people have dual citizenship? You're such a stats man. No, I know you got it. No, I, I know no. you got it. No, I don't, I, I don't have the number, but, but I, but, but conceivably there'll be a lot of Africans who've got, uh, particularly those who are not born in South Africa. Uh, they will hold their Nigerian passports as well as the South African passports. Because, I mean, this uh, discussion about dual citizenship is really about, um, more often it's about convenience rather than anything else. Because if you have the convenience of a, of a, of an American passport, you know, in 80% of the countries you don't need a visa you travel with ease if you have a British one uh, similarly so a lot of people when when they do get this um, uh, uh, citizenship it's not necessarily because they want to move back to Europe or they want to move to America mm. it's only because uh 
that very small percentage of people are the people who travel and they go to multiple countries. And you know, traveling. I mean, I travel uh, a, a, a little bit, and uh, and in in my in my in my in my traveling, you can imagine you have to get a visa for every single country you go to. And in our continent, it's even a, more of a nightmare. That's why it's important that we need to fast track this idea of a uni visa in Africa. So as an African, you should be able to travel anywhere with ease, as long as you produce an African passport. As easy as it is for any African with a visa, with, a, with an African passport going to Rwanda. Rwanda is the only country in Africa where you don't need a visa uh, to apply for a visa before you arrive there. You arrive at the airport as an African, you show your visa, uh, your passport, and you, you can get your visa on arrival. You see, Terry's got some sympathy here because he carries an American passport as well. You no, see, I don't. You see what I don't actually. I heard a tinge of that. <laughs> you heard that? No, I actually do not. No, uh, I'm I, joking. I have, a, I have a South African passport. I have tons of them, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, I have tons of South African passports. But my grandfather was raised in, uh, was born in Botswana. So I'm thinking I should have a, I should have the right to have a Botswana passport because it, it's, it's a couple of things. One, I, I did say it's about convenience, but I think the second thing as well is about identity. Mm. Uh, because, um, uh, if you if you if your parents are like my grandparents are from Botswana and I was born and raised in South Africa, I'm actually Botswana and South African. I should have the right to carry both passports. That's how I look at it. I don't think there's a problem, but I do agree with the sentiments raised by 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 Albert Bapella and and what you also say uh, that if people are going to abuse this uh, this privilege, uh, then they should be sanctioned. They should be jailed. Something should be done to them mm. uh, because it's not supposed to be for that. It's supposed to be for a simpler reason. Uh, convenience and identity Let's pick up on this idea of identity So uh, if you carry a British passport and a South African passport You identify with what brought the British to Africa Which was <laughs> colonialism So you, you carry that and then you carry, and then you carry a South African passport why, why What do you identify with? When we say identity, what is it that you're identifying with in both? No, you, well, it's from a heritage perspective. Is that uh, you would say, uh, like a lot of, lot, a lot of, uh, uh, not a lot of, I mean, uh, a small number of, of white South Africans who will claim that uh, they are heritage uh, passports, whatever you call, uh, I forget mm. what they even call it, well, that, that passport. <laughs> mm. uh, they they get it, uh, they get it because they say my parents are from Germany, they are from uh, 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 England. Of course, what that means is that every time you show that passport, you must know exactly as you say that it comes with everything that goes with that country. Yeah. So whether it's colonialism, whether it's apartheid, or whether it's a, a, a corruption, whatever it is, you carry the identity of that passport. So so I guess what you what you're probably saying is that why complicate your life in Africa? We've got enough problems already so you don't want to have two passports and have too many problems that you have to defend exactly. so rather it's easier to defend one to, to defend one country or even one continent yes but i think we need an african passport rather mm. uh, rather than a south african passport I, I agree with you so so you do a lot of work for ghana um as a nation and and so let's 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 remove ourselves from the south african context what's happening out there in other african countries how do they perceive this situation and and ghana you know you you might say is is a little bit further ahead in terms of just claiming the fact that we are african and we're sovereign and much further ahead than us who are still trying to break the mold of being western or or, or built in the image of a western identity they're claiming more of an african identity how would they perceive this and 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 how does this actually undermine uh, our ability to claim our African our African identity if we continue to hold on to these other uh, identities? I will agree with you in one thing. Uh, this this problem that we're discussing here it is not a global uh, uh, problem. It is it's perhaps more a Eurocentric or a Western uh, 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 problem. All Africans actually probably couldn't care less about this idea, uh, because anyway they'll find a way to get that passport. We find a job. Look at this. Look what you say. Yeah, but, we are uncensored. We are yeah. uncensored. He said it. I thought it. He said it. I love oh it. Oh my gosh! But, but, oh, wow. but, but if you come across, and I mean, I work in several countries now, but if you come across a Nigerian, nobody is prouder to be 
from their country more than a Nigerian mm-hmm. in this continent. They are the most authentic, most uh, national mm-hmm. uh, uh, citizens that you can find anywhere else. I think West Africa, matter of fact, they all they mostly are like that. Of course, that if you separate the Francophone West Africa and Central mm-hmm. Africa, because mm-hmm. the Central Africa, you know, this is what colonialism has done for us. Uh, and maybe actually, I was wrong when I when when I talked about uh, most Africans uh, probably would not worry about. It. There's a problem actually in the continent. If you look at Francophone Africa, I was in Gabon last week. And when you're in Gabon, they are pretty much French. The president is Gabonese, mm. but he's married to a French woman. Mm. His PA is the, the mother's wife, <laughs> the mother's, uh, the, the wife's mother. Uh, his uh, chief of staff is a Frenchman. So All French. the food that comes into Gabon from uh, comes from, from France. Mm. So most West, Af- most, most uh, Francophone Africans, I guess they'll be distraught. Well, they are a bit distraught now. They cannot get the French passport anymore because mm. it used to be their source of pride mm. because to them it used to be, wow, this is, uh, this is a new world. It's much more sophisticated than the countries which France has messed up themselves, yes. uh, the Francophone countries. So it's better to escape to those uh, to to France and to Belgium and to Switzerland because at least there it's much better than their countries they come from. I think if they still had the opportunity to get the French uh, passport as they used to, uh, to get, uh, I mean, theirs won't be ancestral. I guess it will be colonial passport. Mm. Uh, uh, so if you could still get the colonial passport, um, they would fight to get it because to them it was a freedom to a better economic situation and all those. Not so much. And of course, colonialism and, 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 and all the apartheid has done a better, a lot of damage to us, but we cannot live in the past. We have to live in the future. Uh, and the future is Africa. I think that this brings up a really interesting point about what is what is it to be South African? Kinamang, basically, you know, like who are we? And I think the problem is is that we associate on a very very uh, small level. So what I mean by that is white people, uh, for example, and I'm not talking about all of them, but will associate normally with that uh, religion or, or culture. Because they can't associate with being South African, they f- they don't feel South African. They they they've been uh, they feel ostracized in a way. So it's easier to say I'm Greek South African or I'm do, Italian South African. Do they want or... to feel South African? If I if I give you <laughs> I and I say so. being I South African, so, yeah. being South African means this. I want you to let go of all of these tendencies and embrace this. Will, will they do That's that? the question mark. What is this? You see, this, mm. is the, this is what hasn't been outlined, and this is what I'm saying. But we you, need to you, try and outline you, you, this, you know, right? If you, look, if you go to a country just next door, which is uh, just uh, four hours or 30 minutes by flight, uh, Botswana, uh, anybody in Botswana, whether they're black or they're white or they're Indian or they're colored, when you speak to them, they say, I'm a Botswana. Botswana. Mm. So that's an end. Their identity document says, Omang. Mm. So oh, I, I wow. always thought it's such a beautiful uh, way in terms of how you build a nation mm. that even the people who they who, uh, who whether the white or color except I guess the president's mother who <laughs> never went Sitswana, <laughs> yeah. uh, but wow. late mother got uh, wow. may so rest in oh, wow. peace. Wow, uh, you know <laughs> that, she didn't uh, know Sitswana. Well, she, it's it's known it's so it's reputed that she never uh, quite got the, the grasp name. of this uh, complicated <laughs> language uh, to which she was married into and. <laughs> Produced uh, <laughs> heirs to the throne. Wow. One of the heirs doesn't quite speak Sichuan so well, but he leads the country nonetheless. <laughs> so so I, th- I think what Botswana has done well, though, on a serious note, is they've been able to get people to rally around Botswana, what it means to be Botswana, mm. and to identify as, Bots- as Botswana. South Africa's challenge is South Africa's challenge is we are still not at that point where we can speak with one. Voice. Flag, we've got one flag: the Republic of South Africa. We've got uh, uh, the, the national anthem. We've got all those that are supposed to help us to bind us together. But we're still in the in in the infancy in terms of identifying, in, in terms of actually capturing and articulating what it means to be South African. Because and and then once you've articulated what it means to be South African, the next step then is to is to those who identify with it. Mm. And if you don't identify with it, I think you should not be in this country. So you're a brand strategist, and, and, and this is the stuff that strategists are made for, complexity. Uh, what is it that, that makes the South African context so complex that we are unable to, to, to get there? And who must lead us there? Who, who, who within South Africa is supposed to be leading us to this point of, number one, defining what, South Africa, what a South African is, uh, and number two, getting us there? 
and and why are we any different to say Ghana and 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 all the the other countries? Well, uh, I'll start outside and come in. Uh, Ghana, Ghana uh, got their independence 1957 and uh, Nigeria 1960. So if you look around, uh, uh, those countries have a law are, are quite a ways down the road in terms of uh, separating themselves from uh, what brought them down or what what uh, what was pushing them down. So so they've had, if you will, the benefit of time and experience uh, to suffer together, to define together. They also have a second thing which we don't have. They are not as diverse as we are. Uh, they are more, uh, and when I say diverse in terms of black, white, colored Indian, they are probably mostly black. Uh, and, uh, and as a result, it's a bit easier to first identify whether we are all black, we are yes. all from here. Mm. And then, uh, whereas South Africa is much more diverse. And, uh, and in South Africa, then you have those multiple, uh, ancestral loyalties, uh, that, um, from Britain, I was Greece, uh, came here in a ship from India, the Dutch East India Company, Jan van Riebeck dropped me here in, in 1652. You know, mm. we've got all those complexities, which as South Africans, we need to get rid of first and then go towards the great South Africa that we all aiming to uh, to get. You know, if you recall 2010 uh, during the uh, towards the World Cup, how all of us mm, were able to rally around uh, just a simple idea of defending the South African identity, all supporting the uh, Bafana Bafana mm. as bad as they are, uh, supporting <laughs> them. Uh, you know, well, uh, we were also uh, Timmy, just to in- interject that we were also supporting South Africa because the the and I don't mean by the the, the sports team, but. South Africa is the nation because you remember the journalist who came here and said, South Africa is not ready. South Africa is going to have the worst World Cup. Look at this African country. You know, it's just in shambles, blah, 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 blah. All the problems. We love our country. We supported our country. We rallied behind our country. It was probably the only time Mm. in our history, other than perhaps 1994, when we truly uh, flew one flag. Uh, And every single one of us had a flag on the car, on the uh, rear view mirrors, at the house and all those. You know, it's quite important to identify with that visual symbol first, uh, the national anthem first. Because, you know, in South Africa, you still have people who don't know the words of the national anthem, or you still have people who sing the first half and and, and others who only sing the second half (laughs) of the national anthem. Mm. So we still have such a long way to answer your question, whose job it is. We're too... In South Africa, there's two parts, there's three parts to it. One, we've got, um, one, we've got the institutions that have been set up, uh, in South Africa. We've got the arts and culture. We've got brand South Africa. We've got government communication. And those institutions have been set up. And one of them I saw on the board of his brand South Africa. Uh, we've uh, been set up with a singular purpose to help, uh, to, to help define and to capture and to celebrate that which makes us South Africa. And the second, the second thing, uh, the second thing that exists in South Africa is you then have the people of South Africa. Africans themselves. No amount of law, no amount of uh, institutions are going to force you to behave a certain way. As South Africans themselves, we also need to go out of our own way and identify with this country and be and, and fight for this country. Because if you don't identify and fight for this country, we are never going to get that. I think what we need in South Africa, and I, I dare say this, what we need, we need another crisis. That will bring us together. Because now if you look at what apartheid did, apartheid brought us all together. Whether you're Jewish, whether you're colored, Indian, it brought us together, those who believed in the same idea. And together we were able to fight the one big enemy. Uh, the World Cup uh, was another quote-unquote crisis. Because <laughs> it was a crisis because everybody said we're, was never, so bad, is well, we're never going to do it. <laughs> we've got a bad team. Uh, we don't have infrastructure. We're poor. That's what everybody says. We're African. And that crisis brought us together as South Africans because we rose to the challenge. We need another challenge as South Africa. And I don't think that challenge is just the economy. But we need something that forces us to look inside. Because when we can look inside, we can look up. I'm, I'm getting the sense that South Africans are fair weather citizens. They, 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 you know, they, when the weather is good, they're, they're South Africans. And then for the rest of the time, they just don't associate. I've got this hypothesis that I'm going to put out that, um, people tend to, or countries tend to, to, to go down the path that led them to success. So if it was, if it was a, a coup, when there's a crisis, they go and they have another coup and we feel better. South Africa, it was an event. 
So for us, events are what makes us feel together. And then when the event is over, we forget. Ooh, so, so, very so, interesting. So, so how do we get ourselves out of this mindset of events and actually move towards where this thing is now more sustained and it's real? What do we have to do? Because we can't keep having events. Now we've bid for Olympics. They're going to come. Commonwealth, Commonwealth <laughs> Games. We're like constantly bidding for these things. And, and, but it's, it doesn't stick. What is it going to take? Yeah, but I think it's, it's going to take uh, a, a reflection by every single South African. But let's look at the examples that exist already. You've got somebody like Trevor Noah. If you look at his Twitter profile, he tells you inappropriate. He's a South African mm. in his Twitter profile. You look at somebody like, um, like Kevin Anderson who holds a, a, an American green card. When they interviewed him and they asked him about it, he says, I will never, I will never play for the United States of America because I'm South African. It's a bad example, so, but I'll, I'll keep it to myself. I hate Kevin yeah. Anderson. I know, I know, is it, I know, but, but, but I guess what I'm trying to say is at least on the big stage, he is willing to identify with the country. Sure. And, and I think what, what, what South Africans are suffering with now, it's just a, a confidence, uh, 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 we're suffering from a, from a lack of confidence because once we are confident in who we are and what we are capable of doing and cap, and also capable of overcoming any of the challenges that we face now, we'll be able to come together. But I think it's, it is, it is the big South African project because we've that, we've now had a, a crisis called apartheid we had to overcome or evil rather. We had an evil called apartheid we had to overcome. We had an event called uh, Brand South Africa that we had to get over. We now need a project called South Africanism, mm. which we need to define and we need to all uh, buy into and all of us need to subscribe to. And I think this time with Obed Bapela's point, you uh, only carry the South African passport like they do in the U.S. if you can recite some of the uh, the principles of what it means to be <laughs> American. Because, you know, in the U.S., yes. uh, they'll ask you, there's a survey. Yes. Yeah, I think there's not a survey. It's just a, a check. Mm. So this is this brings up an interesting point about one of the big things about South Africa is that we say, oh, we are we are combined in our diversity. And this is a, a big thing. And maybe we need to get rid of that. Uh, on the line right now is uh, Fana Makwena. He is... Part of the EFF. Uh, Fana, good morning to you. I, I, um, I saw an interesting article uh, a few days ago about one of the EFF members saying how they wanted to rename South Africa, um, which I found fascinating. I know it's not law yet. I know that it's not something that the EFF stands by as a policy yet. But it, it, it does bring up an interesting concept of to be South African, do we need to throw out everything that we once knew and start afresh? Um, I, I, I don't think so. I, I think it, it would be naive of us to do that. I think, I think we do need to build on what we have. Um, but a lot of what we have is what we don't have. <laughs> um, which, and, and, and the point, the point that, that, that I want to make, uh, specifically on, on, on the issue of, of, of how do we brand ourselves as, as a nation is, is the fact that we, we spent a lot of, of, time and money um, um, branding ourselves to the world. What we have failed to do is to brand ourselves to ourselves. Yes. Um, and, 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 you know, we, we, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of, of countries like the States, um, but what they have achieved is to achieve, is, is to find an identity, an internal identity of who are we as a people. And that, that's where it kind of where, where we have failed as, as a country. We've done everything to market ourselves to everyone else except to ourselves. How would you do that? <clears throat> what is the thing that you want, you know, I mean, given that you, you're part of a political party, right, um, which obviously yeah. has a political agenda, but how do we bring South Africans together? Because it feels like every South African is on the outside looking in and just waiting to see what happens. Look, um, I, I, I think from a political perspective, what we should have done is to take care of the issues of, of inequality. Um, because that's the one thing that, that has um, separated us. It, it has um, sidelined a, a huge portion of, of our people. Um, and, uh, and, and there's only a few who are proud to say, I'm proud to be South African. Why? Because South Africa works for them. So economically, what we should have done is to is to equalize the playing field uh, and make sure that that uh, that we're we're starting. I mean, you know, we're not going to start off from a completely clean slate, um, but we should we should have we should have make it equitable. Um, 
issue of economy and who's who's a, who's a player and who's not. That's one. Two, um, the the era of, of Nelson Mandela, and I think it failed because of of, uh, of, of this inequality issue. Um, the era of, of Nelson Mandela, what it tried to do, the concept of nation building. Um, we even called ourselves the Rainbow Nation. Um, I think it was it, it was probably a correct dream, just badly executed. And those are some of the things that we need to work on. Who are we? Um, we should we should be getting you know the, the Department of Arts and Culture is, is, is playing games because what they, they should be out there um, explaining to our people or finding out what our people feel about who they are. We should be creating a culture of unity in this country. And Department of Arts and Culture is concerned about, you know, renaming streets and all of those things, which are equally important. But we should be concentrating on people because the people is the, that's that's the currency that that uh, define us as, as a nation. But but Fana, you we saw when the EFF went into Parliament, uh, it, it went in with a different attire, and that was an identity. And and yeah. I, I get the sense that it was, you know, we're taking the ordinary South African into Parliament. Um, and, and that was, that was a sense in which you, 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 you typified the ordinary South African as somebody who wears overalls and, and, and those outfits. Do, would you say that that is the type of identity that we're looking to get to as South Africa? Or what does that South African identity look like? Because I think that's where everybody's struggling. Everybody says that we need a South African identity. Everybody says that it, it is important that we get to that point. And but, it must change. But, but yeah. no one, no one is helping us to define what does that mean? What, what, what does that mean? What language is this person that is South African speaking? How does this person yeah. look like? And and how does this person seem authentic, whether he is white or black? You know, these white people that, that walk around with these fake accents and these black people <laughs> that walk around with these fake accents as with well, accents, is yeah. trying to, that, that, that just doesn't feel authentic. What does an authentic yeah. South African look like, irrespective of the color of his skin? Look, um, it, it, I think that's, that's the identity that I can find at this point in time, because um, when, when the EFF went into Parliament, what we're saying is this this portion of, of our population, and it's a huge portion, 25% of people who are unemployed, and on top of the people who are who are employed, um, they, they 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 are you know uh, earning below the breadline, and 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 that is a and and we've marginalised those people. Those people don't feel like a part of this country. You know, as somebody said earlier on, they only feel like a part when there's a soccer match happening or something, you know. And then and then we act it out and then, you know, end of that event, we're done. We go back, they go back to their shacks and everybody else goes to their things, right? Um, so with, when we went into Parliament, what we were saying is we want them to feel like Parliament is theirs as well. Um and 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 I, I I think I think the issue of of what is a typical South African will never get to that point until we equalize the economic uh, space until everybody feels like a part of the country. At this point in time, we have we have portions of people. We have the sort of black diamonds. We've got the poor, and you know we've got the first of the poor, and then we've got the extremely rich. You understand? And each and every one of those have an identity. Um, which is different from the other, and everybody's pulling in in different directions, and and that's the thing that we need to get out of the way. So basically, what I'm saying is that we cannot divorce the issue of unifying the country as a brand until we dealt with the economic uh, 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 calamity. I think that's correct. Um, uh, is is correct in terms of uh, uh, the inequality as a as a big separator. But I think fundamentally, though, beyond inequality, uh, as part of helping to define who we are, is having a unified set of values. I don't think it's got anything to do with language. It's got nothing to do with color. It's got nothing to do with locale. It's got everything to do whether we all buy into the same set of values. Because when you speak to an American or you speak to a British person, they'll first tell you, "I'm British" or "I'm American," and when they say that you know exactly what they mean they mean these are the set of values that I'm willing to uh, to fight for and that's why they like to say that's not American and when you listen particularly during elections that's a time when you get to see uh, what it means to be an American 
Budfana, um, yes. <clears throat> there's a, there's an interesting thing, Andrew. Let's 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 uh, let's play it. Mbuiseni is, is is known for this. I don't know if you if you'll be able to if you'll be able to hear us uh, play this. I, I'm interested in in the songs that we sing because I think they're an important part of uh, of of this identity of ours. Uh, can you can you hear that? Are we able to get? Azania, you uh, are you familiar with that song? Hello. Uh, yes. Are you fami- familiar with Azania? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the, this concept of Azania, can you explain it to us? Uh, 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 what would be regarded as uh, middle class liberals uh, who don't understand these terms, and 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 what it means to us in 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 terms of defining uh, becoming Africans and 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 embracing an African identity. Look, um, it, it, it has a very long history of, um, of uh, um, it, it, in, in, in the beginning, Azania was a, was a, was a kind of a utopia. Um, it was a dreamland, uh, a land that everybody um, was hoping we, we would find ourselves in in the future. Um, it was a land of equality. It was a land of, of uh, political participation, of economic participation. It was Africa that belonged to all of us, right? Um, and and then it and then it became um, a, a nationalism uh, sort of blue. Um, it, it you know certain sectors of of, of, of our political community began to own it. For instance, uh, the Black Conscious movement began to own it as their own. Um, of course, you know, there are problems with the name Azania, where it comes from, for instance. You know, uh, there's been, uh, um, and, and I did some research on it and, and found that it has Italian uh, roots. So the Africanness of the name Azania itself could be a problem. But it is something that 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 glued people together. You know, there was there was a sense of of a, of a Canaan of, of land of milk and honey um, when 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 people spoke about Azania. And 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 I think and, and I think you know the the, the we're still a, a bit nostalgic about that about that that land where that belongs to everybody that that uh, that could unify all of us. Um, as a people, and um, we we must still we must continue to fight for it. We must continue. But uh, Tebe, uh, so Fana uh, Fana Mukwena decides that he's going to make you the Minister of Arts and Culture in the EFF government. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what would be what would be your first uh, what would be your first policy point in driving us to this we, uh, to this sou- South Azania? Can we also say that we're taking ten percent of this recruitment free here? Okay. <laughs> first, we have to change your uniform. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> First policy discussion, That's probably the, the first thing we want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know when you talk about the culture of South Africa, it uh, and I'm making a joke about it now. But when the new South Africans government, the ANC, got into government in 1994, uh, for a couple of years, it was the argument that Mandela is not dressing like a like a like, like a proper uh, a, a minister or a proper a, a, a leader of a country he needs to wear suits which his colonial masters had taught him how to wear well. Mm. He should be wearing that. And he said, no, I'm an African. This is how I want to uh, express myself. Mm. Because I think part of the, the important things, if you look at, if you go to West Africa again, what they do so well, they're so proud of their culture. Because culture is actually one of the fundamental uh, 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 pillars of, of building a, 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 a country's brand or, or nation brand. Of, uh, because it's what people, it's how people express themselves uh, and, and how people articulate themselves. So I think uh, 
the, the most important thing that, uh, that one needs to do when you get into government as your first uh, 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 policy is I think people need to do, uh, we need to define uh, 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 what are the South African values. Uh, that's the most important thing. And then second, we need to, uh, uh, get those values into schools. People need to understand in school. We need to be taught that in school. We need to be taught that in uh, uh, at work. It needs to be part of the fabric of South Africa. The problem with everything that we have now as a country is that not everything that we have is part of the fabric of everything we do. Mm. It needs to become the filter of how we judge everything. Fana, uh, some last words from you just about being South African before we, we wrap up here. Uh, any Any last thoughts about what it is to be South African? I I think I think it is it is the the idea that we care for each other. Um, it is the idea that we will fight for each other. Um, it is the idea that we will carry each other um, when when it's tough. For you understand? Because I think I think we we're divided by the fact that everybody is running away from being poor. And in running, we're leaving a lot of us behind, um, and and that is and and that is becoming a. It's affecting everything else. It's affecting how we relate to our culture, how we relate to our music, how we relate to our politics, and all of those things. So it's important that we care about each other, whether we're black, white, it, it doesn't matter. But it, as as a South African, if you know that your fellow countrymen are suffering. And we should be able to take the bait and and, uh, and, and, and carry it for each other. Fana, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Fana Makwena, part of the EFF and the New World Order coming to South Africa. We look forward to seeing uh, if uh, Tebe can change your outfits or at ah, least <laughs> add, uh, add uh, another color to the red. I like that. Cheers, Fana. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tebe, last words from you, friend. Well, if you go to the coat of arms of South Africa, uh, at the bottom there, it says in one of the sun languages, unity in diversity. Uh, to me, uh, uh, the, the fundamental of who we are as South African is uh, we are different people who all come together under the flag of the Republic of South Africa. Now, that means uh, no one culture and no one tribe is superior to the other. That's the other beginning thing in South Africa that we need to deal with. We need to deal with the with this concept of people saying it's now the Zulu's turns, last one was the Kosa's uh, turns, next one is the Bedi's turns or the, or the Vendor's <laughs> turns, is we should all be equal under that flag and we should support it uh, till, uh, to death. Tebe, thank you so much for joining us. Tebe, a Kalafeng brand countryman, country brand man. Yeah. That's a title, hey? It's time for Africa. That's what I heard him say. <laughs> it's time for South Africa. Rory, where are you? Me, I am South African, my friend, and I care and I love all South Africans, but we must deal with certain tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> Have yourself a lovely week. And listen, check out the podcast if you missed any of the words from our guests. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have yourself a great one. Rookies and Rockstars, up next. This is CliffCentral.com.